Hey, stupid nerds, the download the uh, Boogie Monster with, with Kyle Kinane and Dave Stone. So you can find out uh, what happened to Frankenstein and the Wolfman and all that fictional stuff that never happened. And don't pay attention to World War II or the American flag or important things. The Boogie Monster. Podcasting the unknown. So you need to you need to work on that. Tell him, hey, tell me, worry about your own levels. I didn't want to bring this up in front of a guest, but uh, <laughs> you know, your levels haven't been great, Kyle. All right, well, I'm, right. I'm looking at it. It's all right. Uh, anyway, yeah, this is how it starts. So, but the idea that conspiracy theories, like everybody, like, well, Epstein clearly got killed. Like, yeah, that guy got murdered, and I agree with that. Like, do we not think that he got murdered? Well, okay, he got murdered. So what you're saying is, and I'm just trying to lay, lay the groundwork here. Yeah, yeah. You're saying that a billionaire yeah. who has been living life completely unchecked, fucking 15-year-old girls yeah. in like Mar-a-Lago in his own mansion, who's finally faced a comeuppance that's resulted in him being a huge monster who tried to kill himself two weeks ago. He was murdered. He, he didn't. He didn't like look around and go, "Jesus fucking Christ, I got to get out of here." He has lists of everybody's helped fuck fifteen year old girls who is on suicide watch. Is the most likely guy to commit suicide, and both prison guards fell asleep. Well, is that, is that the story that they fell asleep? Yeah, they fell asleep. Well, no, he was taken off suicide watch before that, but. Uh, I mean, couldn't you posit? And I don't know. I've never hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, uh, but couldn't you posit that? Let's give him the benefit <laughs> of the doubt here. That he is a um, uh, conniving shit heel that could probably convince you of almost anything. Like if you're a 14 year old girl giving him a massage, he, he could be like, "Put your mouth on it," and then you you know you do it because he's got that kind of level of. Uh, Sort of uh, Svengali like appeal. You think he just appeal? told the, you just told the guards like I'm going to put some money in a bank account for you. Just ignore what I'm about to do. Well, so why would you trust the guy who's going to kill himself? You got no recourse. <laughs> he's he's going to put money in my bank, and now he's dead. Well, I mean, that's that's a that's a better theory than he was murdered by the Illuminati. I mean, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't, I, think I, I don't think the Illuminati is just. Scared billionaires like that doesn't even have to be the Illuminati. That could just be rich people paying money to get a chore done. Yeah, or, or it could be like you know, like Ricky in Cell Five being like, "I don't like this guy," <laughs> you know. But but also, he didn't even have a room. He didn't even have like a cellmate. No, yeah, that's why. That's why I put Ricky down in Cell Five. You know, <laughs> but but uh, but I mean, the dude has fallen from grace harder than. Like anyone since OJ, harder than OJ, because half of the world thinks OJ is totally fine. Um, and there is, yeah. And but did anybody know who he was prior to all this? No, so it's not like he was a huge public figure. And that's yeah, that's what makes me think it's like, oh, now I'm finally famous. And what am I famous for? Fucking little girls. Mm-hmm. And I'm in prison. And I'm never getting out of this. And I know I did it. And I've already tried to kill myself once. So I'm going to tell these guys like. Yo, everything's cool. I got it. I'm gonna face my. I'm gonna face the music, and then they're like, "Oh, he's not on Suicide Watch or, anymore." And or then, you're not gonna get murdered in prison. You'll have a cushy prison life if you give us a list of everybody that you helped out with this, and that's why he got murdered. I'm gonna go with. I like this. I like this one. If I was betting, if there was a horse race of conspiracy theories, I put a lot of money on this one. Okay. Okay. I will. I will see your. I'm gonna have a cushy prison life, and right. I will raise you. Where are the fifteen-year-old girls in that cushy prison life? You know what I mean. That seems to be his like motivating factor. Uh, so is unrequited horniness. Yeah, I mean, like just, just I'm a, I'm a fucking turd, and and I'm because he's never gonna bang underage girls again. <laughs> no, 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 no. Prison's filled with those guys. <laughs> Listen, that's not entirely what I'm saying. I mean, I think it's part of it, but I think like the the disgrace. The universal hatred, um, the fact that he's like shamed any of his friends and potentially puts any of those people at risk, yeah. um, and the fact yeah. that like a cushy prison life. I've never been to prison, but I bet a cushy prison life is like still a little bit worse than like I live in my car. Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't. Well, but it, okay. Billionaires and like you could still get stuff done. I mean, we're all just hearing third party action anyway. From like you know what you see in Goodfellas, how the mobsters were treated in prison, how things were taken. Care of. I think there's parts of like, 
oh yeah, I'm going to pay this guy. This guy's going to get a million bucks. This guy's going to get a million bucks. Prison's going to suck, but I think it could be best case scenario for what you got caught doing. You're not sitting there eating cockroaches in the in solitary confinement. Yeah, until you get one fucking prison screw that has a 15 year old daughter. Fuck you, man. Yeah, they don't like those types. They don't like those types in prison. No, I. I mean, listen. If he was murdered, then our government is so much more effective than I've ever given it credit for being. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But I think that that motherfucker was just like, oh, I went from like a hundred percent firing on all cylinders to like. Down there with Hitler, and so I'm out. I thought I was really like, look at these billionaires can get together for good. (laughs) Like they can enact change. They all wanted to save Notre Dame, and they killed Epstein. Like, listen, (laughs) they they can come. They can unite over a common cause, which is this guy's going to rat us out for being kid fuckers. So you think it was across the aisle? Like this was like Bill Clinton and Donald Trump shaking hands. I think, yeah, I don't think there is. I don't think there's an aisle when you're billionaires. Yeah, I don't think. I think there's everybody's got pretty similar interests. It's like the WWE. It's like you're the, the heel. Fan. I'm I'm the Yeah, but we're I'm all the like, face. but we know the show has to work for right. the fans. Yeah. Very much so. How yeah. did he make his money? How did Epstein become Nobody a Nobody knows. Really? That's like the fucking weird thing. Huh. Is like that in all the articles people are like uh and he made his money and then he just appeared one day as like this multimillionaire huh. which uh financier or something. Yeah, but it's like all these like vague things but it's like what were you financing? Yeah. And it's like that that wasn't Part of the document. It's like when you have enough money to be like, yeah, I'll buy a little real estate. I'll buy some stocks over here. It's like you just become the super rich because, like, oh, I've got enough money to play with. Right. But I would not be surprised. Here's my conspiracy theory. All right. Is if it comes out that he was like running some kind of Ponzi scheme or something like that because he doesn't have like, there is no paper trail to how he became a millionaire that anybody's found so far. You know, or I mean, if it, it, really nobody's going to care about the Ponzi scheme after the kid fucking. Like, that really <laughs> yeah. But I lost some money. Shut up. Yeah, that, there's that, kid fucking. That's the name of my new album. <laughs> no one's going to care about the Ponzi scheme after the kid fucking. <laughs> I mean, at least the song title. I think. Yeah, yeah. Where like, was this island? Like pedophile. Caribbean. I think yeah, I was in the Caribbean. Caribbean. Yeah. All right. Well, let's. Okay, this is the Boogie Monster. Yeah. Ten minutes in, we can do an intro now. That's all right. Uh. Dave, it's been a while. It's been a while, buddy. Haven't seen you in over a month. Uh, happy anniversary. Yeah. Three-year anniversary. Yeah, last week. So, sorry I missed it. Yeah, of the Boogie Monster. Yeah, of, uh, yeah, of yeah. the Boogie Monster. Yeah. To clarify. Uh-huh. And, uh, Not our anniversary. Of, we, we don't we didn't, We didn't. keep track of that our, kind of our stuff. Our bro-aversary. Love's love, man. Yeah, yeah. You don't have to put dates on it. That's true. Uh, and uh, a guest. Hey, hey. Hey, Brendan Kelly. Hey, thanks for coming by. <laughs> man, it's my pleasure. <laughs> on a whim. Yeah, well, you know, like I was saying to you guys before uh, before the tape started rolling, I woke up in L.A. And I was like, what am I going to do with myself? I don't have anything to do. And then you guys gave me a purpose. Traveling musician, world-traveled musician, and the best thing you could do on a Friday in L.A. is come to a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I mean. God damn it, man. What bridges did you burn in this town before? <laughs> uh, I mean, short answer, plenty. <laughs> Um, but no, this, this is great. I'm happy to be here. I'm a big fan. So, oh yeah, well, we're, yeah. It's not. It's not real. There's no structure to this. No, so that's, that's we, fine. We'll let it out whatever you want. But if it, you know, if the shit talk train gets going, man, let it out because uh, no, we got no Epstein's listening. To this what you doing in town? Uh, so I'm in a band called the Lawrence Arms, and we're playing at the Palladium. Which I just found out all the people at CAA called the Get Ladium. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I guess that was the name back in the '80s, and it's just stuck. I, Do you, did you have to meet with folks? Uh, Do you have reps? No, 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 no. Oh, you're just like how you're portrayed in the TV and movies. <laughs> no, the, the, these were these are just my friends that happen to work there. But um, last, last night we were out to dinner, and they were like, "Oh, the Get Ladium," and I was like, "Hmm." Really nice try, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but so we're playing the Palladium tomorrow with uh, Bad Religion, and oh, it's the nice. last day of our tour, Very and cool. uh, it's been pretty cool. I'm excited for you guys, man. Yeah, it's neat. I mean, when when I was a little kid, not to dive in, we can no, it, we can go into it. Okay. Uh, but like when I was a little kid, I was like very much a maligned nerd, mm-hmm. um, and uh, 
Like when I was in kindergarten, I was like the only kid that could read. So I would take, be in my own class. Which I don't it, remember kindergarten. Was that good or bad? What, was it, that was, like, it were was, you in a real shitty kindergarten class? Or? No, no, no. It, like I would go with like a special instructor to like read. Mm-hmm. And that makes you super popular when you come out uh, oh, for yeah. recess. They're like, yeah. oh, look, it's the nerd kid that hangs out with Miss Wilson all day. Because oh, yeah. you, know? <laughs> right? you, you would skip some physical activity that taught yeah. you how to defend yourself. Yeah, oh, yeah. You would skip some kind of sport where it's like, look out, there's a kickball coming at your face. <laughs> like, I was in the computer room. <laughs> yeah. Very, very much. I'm going to get hit with snowballs that have rocks in them this winter. Yes. It was. It, it, so, and then... Like, I was raised by a single mom, and she traveled all the time. So I was, like, very by myself. But I grew up mm-hmm. in Boys Town in Chicago. Yeah. And uh, right around the corner from me, uh, Reckless Records opened up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would, like, get an allowance because I would do everything while my mom was out of town. Yeah. And uh, I didn't have anything to spend. I didn't have, like, yeah. I, didn't, I wasn't, like, taking chicks on dates or, like, buying, you know, eight balls or anything. Yeah. I was, you know. 10 mm-hmm. so i walked around. i was 10 oh that's why yeah and so i'd like walk around the corner and i would just buy tapes based on like the covers uh-huh. you know and i kind of got like a cool collection of of stuff that i liked and i was like into you know bad brains and minor threat and mm-hmm. jawbreaker uh shit like that and then one day i went and i saw the tape that said bad religion no control and i was like these words yeah, yeah. are cool like i don't know what <laughs> yeah. it means yeah but i was like oh i like I gotta learn to bad like religion music. no control <laughs> And I that is it. a great band name, Bad Religion. Yeah. It, well, I actually want to talk about that a little more. <laughs> but, like, I went home, and I went into my room, and I put it in my, like, double, you know, tape-dubbing mm-hmm. boom box. I had a magna box. And 22 minutes later, I said out loud, I mean, I was like, well, I'm a totally different person now. You know, really? I mean, like, it's yeah. <laughs> like, I remember saying that out loud. And, I mean, mm-hmm. human memory is very fallible, so maybe... Oh yeah, I'm like ascribing like a much more like uh, straight out of Compton type. Oh, I've, scenario I've been watching <laughs> Barry and how they're like retelling their personal stories, and everybody ends up being a hero in the end of their own story. And they're like, "Yeah, that's not really how the yeah, world happened." Didn't, didn't, <laughs> didn't go down that way. I mean, do you remember that different strokes where the guy came in and stole the purse, and then they asked everybody what he was wearing, and nobody knew. I sadly only remember the different strokes where they made fun of the woman with epilepsy. Oh, hey, Helen, do you want a milkshake? That's the only line I remember. <laughs> <laughs> what about the one where Arnold almost got uh, diddled? No, well, Dudley. Somebody with epilepsy. <laughs> Dudley did get diddled. It was the Maytag repairman. Dudley. Yeah, Dudley. Yeah, they, they gave him. They gave him a blue nun, mm-hmm. and then wait, the red-haired kid. No, dude, that was that's Sam. That's Sam. <laughs> but the Maytag repairman. Dudley, Dudley with, was his, was they, Arnold's buddy. But they went with brand names. Well, no, he, he I, no, well, wow, no, no, you couldn't get away with that. He, he, no, yeah, no, they're like the Maytag, Maytag repairman, fucking children. Our sales uh, are tanking. Why would we agree to this? Any no, press is good press, right? He was the actor that played the Maytag repairman, but in the show, he was a comic book guy that fucked kids, yeah. which and still got the role of being the Maytag repairman. Oh, he already had the role of Maytag repairman. Fucking, that's risky casting. Yeah. Good, yeah, man, that's, yeah, that's making dangerous choices. I appreciate him as an actor. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, for whatever reason, we're talking about this. Anyway, <laughs> bad religion. But no, so, like, I've been a fan of bad religion since I was 12 years old, right? And I've always thought that they were, like, just the coolest band. Yeah. And uh, I was walking around with my friend Jen, and she's got the back patch that's, like, the crossbuster oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I've been seeing that since I was a little kid. Mm-hmm. But, like, we go into, like, a liquor store, and all of a sudden everyone's like pulling their kids back and shit and I'm like oh that's really offensive like yeah like, I was a little scared when I saw it the first time yeah like I just I guess the iconography of Christianity and Catholicism specifically to me has mm. always been like eh, fuck you like wh- whatever take it or leave it you know yeah. there's, there's plenty of people that are like did you get raised by with anything oh I was Catholic uh, like, uh, like obligatory Catholic because like, well we're Catholic so you're Catholic not like oh yeah you, you have to go to church and you have to do I was just like no you need something oh no no I would like I went to church my grandfather went to church every day I oh, saw yeah. midnight mass in Vatican City with the Pope wow presiding wow all right yeah I was confirmed it, uh, it was great what does that I mean did. confirmation by the way uh, is that like the Catholic quinceanera? <laughs> it's pretty much around the same era. It's so what it is is communion is for, well you get baptized because you're born with sin. 
Everybody's born. Of course, you're yeah. automatically a uh-huh. sinner. Yeah. Which that everybody was like, well, what happens to the babies that don't get baptized? Mm-hmm. And they're, they're like, hell, you go to hell. hell. Hell's yeah. filled with babies. Yeah. Welcome to hell, baby. Uh, <laughs> hell filled with babies, uh-huh. which is its own hell to me. Yeah, and I was then, gonna say that is hell. Yeah. Like, like I go down there and it's just like twenty thousand like screaming oh. babies. Oh, yeah, I've been to hell. It's called it's called the IMAX over at uh, Universal <laughs> City Walk or at Hobbs and Shaw. You're bringing, bringing kids into this thing. Anyway. That was a joke we were making before. But uh, so then, then you get communion, which is the first time you receive the body and blood of Christ, the uh-huh. symbolic uh, wine and wafer. They do that when you're a baby. No, no, that, no uh, baptism is when you're a baby. Okay. Baptism when you're a baby, you're 10 when you get communion. Communion is kind of like getting an apprenticeship or like getting like yeah. to roll with the gang without being in the gang. Okay. You know, they're like yeah. prospect. You, know? you, get the, you get your prospect. Yeah. Patch. They're like, they're like, your they're like Kyle. Come with us uh, yeah. on this job tonight, you know. And if you if you get shanked, they're gonna run off. We're gonna show you the way. We're gonna show you the way till eighth grade. Yeah, yeah. And then confirmation is when they're like, "All right, now it's your decision to like confirm that you're a Catholic." Okay. So how old are you when you That's get confirmed? The offer you can't refuse. Yeah, is that a set age That's or does like that vary? Grade. Yeah, it's like eighth grade. Okay, so, what is it, thirteen or something? Yeah, hmm. I did that, and then I was like, "Peace." Yeah, I, <laughs> like. There's a weird moment of like at real guilt after that because I've been going and my parents never went, but like you need to go to Sunday school and then after confirmation, then you get to high school and everything's different. But as like me and a buddy were like, do we still have to go? Like we still had so much guilt. Like we have to go to church, right? We can't just stop going. We oh. just did all, we just did this whole thing. <laughs> I got a suit. People got gifts for it. Like your, your uh, confirmation, you get gifts and it's this big, like it's a big thing. It's like, Bigger than a birthday, hmm. it's you know, it's a junior junior bar mitzvah. Yeah, you know, but less fun. I've oh. never been to a bar mitzvah, but that was like, oh, you get a band and magicians and have a theme. Yeah, no, we went to Stephen's Steakhouse in Elmhurst because <laughs> that was reserved for all the fanciest shit. Was Stephen's Steakhouse? Yeah, and my parents like who didn't have money like doled out cash for this big party, so that's why I was like, I need to go to church because my parents. Oh, I got steaks for everything. I, I don't. I don't think I did anything. I think my grandfather like handed me a hundred dollar bill, and then it was just like, all right, go to bed, you know. And so then the next day, I was yeah. like, yeah, so I'm, I'm like officially part of this now. Yeah, I'm not going anymore. Uh, sorry, yeah, prove myself. Like, like you know, like I, if, if I'm the one making the decisions now, I'm yeah. done. They yeah. didn't have that with Southern Baptist. You didn't have to like go through any kind of ceremonies as you. No, you. It. I got saved when I was six years old. I went down. They put and, you in a river? I, no, but I was baptized you after I was snakes? saved. But I was saved uh, when I was six. When I was six, I had to repent all my terrible sins. <laughs> You know, I had, to, I had to accept Christ into my heart and repent for all the terrible shit I did when I was six. Oh, and, uh, but I guess the closest thing we had was like, I don't know, like first time I went to a pizza buffet, my dad told me that wrestling wasn't real. That's like the the white trash Southern Baptist version of, of confirmation. You're a man now. Wrestling's not real. <laughs> You're just at CeCe's crying mm-hmm. into your Dr. Pepper. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Well, that, I, so that's I, the bad religion stuff. I saw bad religion in 1993 at the Riviera with Green Day opening. I was there. I was 16 years old. And I went to see Green Day because that was right before Dookie came out. There was that, that was the big wave of between. Uh, oh. Like right before Dookie came out and everybody. Like Summer everybody, of 94. Yeah. And everybody was on to Green Day. And then as soon as Dookie came out, kids that heard of her, like myself included, for 10 months were like, fucking sellouts, man. Because you didn't know what you were saying. Do you remember the first thing that Billy Joe said when he came out that night? No. He goes. Busy. He goes. Trying to start a pit. Whoa. This ain't McGregor's. Yeah. <laughs> I heard he threw. I heard he shouted out McGregor's at Wrigley Field when they played. Mm, I wasn't there, but yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, like, how how much does he have to shout out? Like, he lives in a fucking, you know, like, pill capsule now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's gone to, like, regular punk shows for 30 years. But it, I thought he kind of was still creeping around the Bay Area, like, showing up at stuff. I think that's probably true. In a you know, but that's reserved like, way. But that's, like, the Bay Area where everybody's, like, too cool to be like, oh, Billy Joe, yeah. you, you know what I mean? Every, every, it's like, it's like, well, I was in filth, so mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I still live under a bus. Yeah, like, yeah okay. Yeah. How was Green Day uh, received by the punk community when they broke? Like, I don't know a ton about punk, but like, 
my punk is misfits and x and stuff like that but did they get the backlash immediately of like oh this isn't as hardcore yeah, as some of villains. this other stuff they were the villains Oh, and then like, Blink One Eighty Two just got to be Blink One Eighty Two, and see, all these maniac branded skate kids didn't care about them at all. I remember when they played that show at the Riviera. Mm. It was a lot like I think you're probably at this show too, if I had to guess. Face to face at Norfax at the Oak Theater. Did I go to that? I don't know if I saw that one. I remember the Oak Theater. Well, those were both... I saw Sloppy Seconds at the Oak Theater. That was fun. I think that was the same show. With the Vindictives. Oh, no. no. Never, that's when I was like 16, going to shows by myself, and like the dude in the Vindictives is wearing just bondage straps, and then Sloppy Seconds mm. is a giant fat guy in a sailor outfit. Or he's got like a full-size guitar, and it looks like a ukulele on yeah, it. Yeah. And, the, and the skinny guitar player, full Ace Freely, get up. Like, you do this every night for $5 shows? This is commitment. <laughs> <laughs> They're from Indiana. Right. Of weird shit happens there. Yeah, I, my memory of Green Day when they came out was like, Oh, this band is huge now. Uh-huh. You know, like they they started playing, and it was like whatever was going on was like beyond me liking the songs or not. It was uh-huh. just like, oh, there's something in the air right now. Like this is over. This these guys aren't going to be second of four uh-huh. next time they come through. Yeah. And it was the same thing with Face to Face when they did that tour. Although Face to Face kind of like flew too close to the sun on Wings of Wax or whatever. But like, well, they were. <clears throat> I didn't know any history. Like, face-to-face kind of just showed up where everybody else, you can kind of, like, watch the trajectory and see their, like, and face-to-face, everybody's like, weren't they, like, a metal band from Riverside or they something? Were from, they are from Hemet, and they were called uh, Victoria Manor. Yeah. And then they just pulled the Lit, because, you know, Lit used to be a metal band. They used to, like, open for warrants and shit. My oh, Own really? Worst Enemy, Lit? Yeah. Really? Yeah. <laughs> My Worst Enemy? <laughs> to play that on 99X in Atlanta. <laughs> said they said that personal. <laughs> My Worst Enemy. My Own Worst Enemy. The band Lit. <laughs> yeah, but, but so, like, there was, like, a swath of those, like, metal bands when, like, it's like they went back to the garage during grunge, yeah. you know, and then they came out after... It was over, like, right when Green Day kind of burst, and they were like, we've got flat tops now, yeah. sideburns. It's so much easier to play. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, I think I think Green Day, you know, Kyle's not wrong. Green Day was, like, cursed as sellouts, but, I mean, from where I was, like, being in a band that kind of, like, toured and played, I was like, well, Green Day is still pretty fucking good, uh, and I, I like them. But, they, I mean, and also, they, like, the music was catchy as hell. Like, I think one of the curses that they were good-looking young men, you know? Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> look at him. Look at your little crooked tooth there, Billy Joe. Yeah. Look at you with your little crooked tooth. These gals love a little fault. <laughs> and so <clears throat> I think that went to it. And then, I don't know, man. We're all old. Nobody can complain about selling out now. We're all old. Like, yeah, oh. we, hey, you know what makes things easier? A little bit of money. You know what? You know what makes things easier? The delicious taste of Coca Cola. Hydrate. <laughs> yeah. Being able to afford all the Coca Cola you want. Oh man, do I love a Coca Cola first thing in the morning? Uh, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I'm going to pause it for drinks. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't have to. There's no seams to this. Yeah, that's true. We'll put an. We'll put a commercial in between there. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. We're talking about masquerade in Atlanta. You were there yesterday. Yeah, I was there yesterday, and uh, it's a whole new place, huh? Um, so this is a club that uh, was kind of out in the field, and it had a. <laughs> It had like a, a dumb waiter that you would load your gear up in that yeah. looked like a little like tiny uh, tool shed, uh-huh. maybe, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, okay. and, and it would like swing back and forth. I mean, it was it was an old mill. It was a real uh, like okay. a, like I don't know if it's a cotton mill or, or what, but it was an old factory. Like from the 1800s. And, and you'd really load your gear up and be like, so that's going to work? And the people that <laughs> yeah. were, were there would be like, well, honestly, I don't know. I can't afford you know? stuff. <laughs> it's like, oh, First show I ever saw was at the Mastery. My base cabinet falling from two <laughs> floors up. Oh. But uh, the first time I ever went there was like 20 years ago. And it was a gorgeous building. And it was like, it had three levels. It was heaven, mm-hmm. hell, and purgatory, right? Okay. I, I said those in the wrong order, but you get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and personal preference, yeah, yeah. Purgatory, mm-hmm. least good. 
No, heaven's the least he- good. Hell's better than boring, you know. Yeah, I don't know. hell's better than just people kind of trying. At least in hell, you can fucking Pick you know side. hold some babies and shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Baby filled hell. <laughs> but uh, it, and it was like this like really dynamic place with like cool people. There was like cool like punks and metal guys and rappers and weird like porn stars and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this has got to be the coolest club I've ever seen. And then I went back like ten years later, and I was like. Who's been shitting inside the walls for the last 10 years? Because it was just like so rotten and decrepit and like exposed wiring and, you know, just like holes in the drywall. And, well, like, that's when you like the, the, the kind of, oh, this place is beat up and divey. But then people are like, people love that it's beat up and divey. And then no maintenance goes into it. Yeah. And then it's just, <clears throat> that was one of the things at the fireside. I'm like, yeah, fireside is that. And I just remember walking to the bathroom and some dude pissing in the sink and be like, it doesn't matter. I'm like, yeah. I get that we're all punk rockers, <laughs> but I do want to wash my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've just touched so many sweaty dudes and I want to get something. I want to eat some, like, the 50 cent bag of Fritos with, with my hands, with clean hands right now. <laughs> yeah. And if that makes me not punk rock, well, look at I'm old, I'm old Mr. Rogers over here. Just doesn't want spit and sweat and whatever body fluids out of somebody's new bad tattoo. On Although peeing in a sink is one of life's simple pleasures. If I was six feet tall, I'd never use a toilet. Yes. <laughs> That is some true Georgia shit, man. Because I, like, man. Love being in sink. I, six feet tall, I'd never use a toilet. Oh, Waylon Jennings writing a new one. <laughs> I got to say, I've experienced a few of life's simple pleasures. And never once have I been like, this is right up there with pissing in the sink. Don't give me a handicap accessible hotel room. Because I'm peeing all in them sinks. Oh, that is joy. With, with, yeah, with the low counters. Oh, yeah. Get out of here. Walking into the bathtub. Mm-hmm. I love them bat- the bathtub with the door. Yeah. Well, that's like this tweet I saw the other day, and I wish I could give credit where it's due, but Mm. I can't uh, because I'm an idiot. I'm on Twitter, so I have no fucking retention whatsoever. We know. We know how we're. Um, But it was like, it's weird how it's like $500 to smoke in a hotel room. You can literally come anywhere you want for free. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good writing, whoever you were. (laughs) That's true. You can spit anywhere you want to as well. Well, now why does that sound worse than coming? I don't know. If I get a real shitty motel room and they've done something to offend me, like the batteries don't work in the remote, I'll just spit. You're just going to take it out on Consuela? I'll spit all over hotel rooms. Daytime cleaning lady. Anytime somebody's like, you know what happens in hotel, I'm like, don't tell me. I I have to spend enough time in those. I don't want the expose about how like the one video of the – housekeeping cleaning the glasses in the bathroom with the toilet brush like, yeah. don't show me that no. there's always some asshole's got a ruined thing like you know that the brown line on the back of shrimp is just a shit yeah. like i like shrimp go fuck yourself yeah, it's like shrimp, don't, don't, shrimp shit was fine before you brought it up yeah I, like i i, I knew kind of knew that but yeah. i was like ah, i'm just not gonna look at that part of the shrimp on this last tour i was at a two-star motel found a sock that wasn't mine just a fucking sock but you saw two stars you know but still, if you missed a sock, what else are you missing? Jesus, I know. it was right there in the middle of the floor. I know. I mean, not. I mean, I, I feel like we all know this endemically, but it's a jack-off sock that you just leave because it's full of jizz. But if you're already <laughs> going with the rule you can jizz everywhere in a hotel, why are you wasting one of your socks? Well, Unless you'd already so, lost one sock. You're right. like, well, I'm not going to leave this other one. Yeah. I have this fucked. one Winnie the Pooh sock now, so <laughs> whatever. No sock left unfucked. <laughs> Take that sound bite and put it where you need to. Ugh. Hey, guys, it's me, Dave. I want to remind you that today's episode brought to you by our good friends at adamandeve.com. You know them. You love them. You know what they sell. I don't have to explain that to you. But what I will explain is that uh, they're offering some free stuff. All right? We, we all like free stuff. But free stuff to spice up your bedroom, even better. Select almost any one item for 50% off right now at adamandeve.com. Loads of other free stuff. If you enter code BOOGIE, that's B-O-O-G-I-E, code BOOGIE at checkout, you're going to get 10 tantalizing free gifts. Lord knows what those could be. A sexy item for him, a special gift for her. Something for the third party involved, if there is. I don't know. I'm not here to judge. But uh, one-stop shopping over at adamandeve.com. They're going to give you six free spicy movies. 
plus free shipping. Spicy movies. Keep waiting for that to be a category on Netflix. Spicy movies. But yeah, man, get your free, uh, 50% off any item, plus 10 tantalizing free gifts, and six free spicy movies, plus free shipping. That's uh, promo code BOOGIE at adamandeve.com, B-O-O-G-I-E at adamandeve.com. What's up, boogers? Listen, it's 2019. You know that, right? So that being said, we finally reached the stage where everybody needs a great pair of wireless earbuds. I just got some Raycon earbuds. These things are great. I mean, even if they sucked, the fact that they don't have wires is enough to make me want to look into a wireless earbud. But these do not suck. I probably shouldn't say the word suck, but, uh, you know, as far as an association thing. But they don't suck. Raycon earbuds, they start about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. And like I keep saying, they're wireless how convenient. I'm so sick. I just got so sick and tired of like trying to untangle my stupid earbuds, those wires and cords getting everywhere. Uh, not the case with Raycon's wireless earbuds. Raycon's E50 wireless earbuds, they've totally changed the game. They're so comfortable. You can take them anywhere. They don't hurt your ears like some earbuds do. And uh, unlike other wireless options, Raycon earbuds are both stylish and discreet. No dangling wires, stems, cords, anything of that, and they look great. And, uh, man, here's the deal right now. Go to buyraycon.com slash boogie. That's buyraycon, B-U-Y, B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N, buyraycon.com slash boogie. You're going to get 15% off your order. That's buyraycon.com slash boogie. 15% off your entire order. These are some good, solid earbuds with no wires. They're discreet. They're about half the price of all the other expensive wireless earbuds. So check it out, man. Buyraycon.com slash boogie. 15% off buyraycon.com slash boogie. Get on it. Hey guys, want to talk to you about Mac Weldon. What is Mac Weldon? Well, they make great stuff. And I know that's kind of vague. Stuff being uh, your basics, your underwear, your t-shirts, your socks, all that stuff. Mack Weldon was founded because they wanted more out of their basics. They always questioned how something so essential could be such a pain in the ass to buy. So here's the deal. It's great products, and it's very, very easy to buy. MacWeldon.com. Um, they've sent me some stuff. Man, you've heard us talk about the underwear. You've heard us talk. I got these fancy-ass sweatpants. They even got luggage. I got a duffel bag out of the Mack Weldon folks. So uh, really cool stuff. Uh, they believe in smart design. Premium fabrics, simple shopping, and uh, man, they gave me a credit, got right on MacWeldon.com, just bing, bomb, boom, easy as anything could be, just point and click. You know how the internet works, but uh, yeah, man, MacWeldon, uh, most comfortable underwear, sock shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, and more that you're ever going to find. They also have a line of silver underwear and shirts that are naturally antimicrobial, microbial. Yeah, look at that. Only only took me two shots that time to get that right. Uh, that means it eliminates odor, so that's good. You want to keep all that stuff odor-free. And, uh, yeah, man, here, here's the deal. Uh, right now, 20% off your first order. If you've never shopped with MacWeldon.com, you get 20% off your first order. That's MacWeldon, M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N, MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code BOOGIE at checkout. That's 20% off. MacWeldon.com. Enter promo code Boogie. Get you some shorts, some underwear, some boxer briefs, T-shirts, hoodies, whatever you need. It's good stuff, man. MacWeldon.com. Promo code Boogie. But, yeah, that, 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 like the idea of, like, man, people love it because it's a shithole. Like, yeah, but deuce. Yeah, you know, there's an amazing there's a there's a bar called the Gold Coast, which is a gay bar on uh, right by uh, it's on it's on uh, Santa Monica, right in West Hollywood. And uh, this I don't know if this is wrong for me to like think like a gay bar should be a little bit nicer hmm. than just a straight dive bar. A gay neighborhoods a little but, bit nicer for, than a straight but, neighborhood. But, but so. a gay bar that's <laughs> primarily for dudes, like oh, it's still dudes, and dudes are scummy regardless of gay or straight. Because, like, we've all spent our time in dive bars, like, true dive bars. But this one, you walk in, and it's just sewage. That's the first set. Like, where you'd put an air freshener ah. or some incense to welcome people in. It's sewage and a guy that just sits in it checking IDs. Like, he doesn't know. <laughs> ah. Like, you got the one guy with no sense of smell to work the door. And then it's just a fucking dump. And it's kind of great. 
because the dudes are aggressive. Is that the guy? Is that where that guy hit on you? <clears throat> like immediately? Yeah, I walked in. He just flipped my flipped my vest open. Just looked me up and down. It's like. I'm Steve. Hold on. Like, all right. I, I want to go back here for a second. <laughs> that I was he just a vest? flipped your vest open. I was yeah, wearing what, a vest, yeah, like what a jacket vest? vest, not like a suit oh, vest. So you, you were. You, there was a shirt under the vest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. The, the implication of your tale was that there was oh, right, no shirt under the vest. Yeah, I was just having one of my shirtless like, vest days. Oh shit! So you went into a gay bar wearing nothing but a vest, and a guy flipped it open, Listen. and that was weird. <laughs> I was having a Chippendales moment. I had cuffs, collars, and a shirtless vest on. And this fucking pervert comes and rips it open like he's entitled to something. Uh, no, I had a Marty McFly vest on over a t-shirt. Oh, okay. And he just kind of swatted it open to give me the up and down. And then just gave me his name. And I was like, ah, I like you. Yeah, I mean, men are pigs, but you gotta, I mean. But when it's, like, but when you're also a guy, like, there's a little bit of, like, oh, shit, this has happened to a woman, and that sucks. Yeah. But the fact that it's happening to me, I'm a little bit like, oh, yeah. ladies don't do this. No, I, I yeah. I, I appreciate your forthrightness. Yeah, you're like, you're like, I'm actually a little bit flattered. Yeah, Is it so forthrightness or forthrightness? Forth, forthrightness. Mm, for third option. Did you just say Fortnite? Mm. Fortnite? It's Fortnite. I've heard that. That word's been out there for a while. <laughs> but to go back to your thing about dives being like happily uh, shitty, yeah. it, in a place like the Gold Coast or mm. like the Fireside, it's very contained and it's cool. When it was like the Masquerade in Atlanta where it was like three floors and you could just kind of oh, like structural hear the floor. shit like falling from floor to floor and you know it, it was so gross they were trying to do such a big thing and it was so disgusting that it became almost like a, a killing floor you know slaughterhouse kind of vibe <laughs> <laughs> so like I mean shitty bars I'm into you walk in you fucking go to the back you know you, you don't fucking sit down to pee which I yeah. don't do anyway, but uh, yeah. I'm saying if you're a woman or somebody that sits down to pee, I'm not trying to bust it's anybody's rough. balls. It's not, yeah, it's not ideal. You know, but you, you go in, you fucking listen to this shitty band, and you they have a few beers, and you go, whoa, these taste terrible, and then you leave. Yeah. But when it's like a compound, yeah, it's like you're kind of like, eh, I'm trapped in here. It's yeah. gross. Yeah, like it's not like the dive also doesn't go into like your tap lines aren't clean, but also you've been paying off fire inspectors for a while, or they don't know this place exists. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that was a. Uh, well, if she, I mean, to go back, the third floor in Elgin, which wasn't itself a bad building, but I remember how many kids would be there to see a show, and it was the third floor of a building. And I remember, like, you know, during slapstick shows or a show, like everybody's going to jump up and down on this part, and just however many hundreds of kids are jammed into this place, jumping up and down on an old hardwood floor in Elgin, and feeling the flex of it. And I remember moving towards a support pillar, like, yeah, I don't, yeah, well, I don't want to. The be masquerade the- fifteen years ago, heaven, the upstairs collapsed. Oh, the floor collapsed. How metaphoric. <laughs> yeah, heaven is falling. Heaven fell in down. Uh, here we are, back yeah. to bad religion. <laughs> <laughs> That's true shit, man. We really did make it. Uh, but you Did I throw that one in there? What's funny, they don't, don't do heaven is falling. No, they haven't done it. I mean, But I'm for a sure. place where it literally happened? No, they, yeah, the they should have they did it. Uh, should have did it. Uh, <laughs> Save the words for our art. Um, but the... Uh, so, you know... Uh, to remind anybody, I was in that slapstick band, and that oh, yeah. club was... I was trying to save you from all the previous interview experience. No, 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 no. that's fine, but like... Brandon's in a band called Slapstick. Yeah. They were great. It was it, it was, yeah, 1992, 1993 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, that club held 230 people, and <clears throat> our shows yeah. regularly stopped selling at 750. At Elgin? Yeah. Fucking So hell. that's why the floor <laughs> that's why the floor was bouncing up and down. Yeah. Because it was three plus times the capacity. Yeah. And um I will tell you this, this was like the most formative thing. No stage. Uh, it was a little stage, but like not like to separate. Like it was basically the audience had to police the rest of the audience to stop the band from being trampled over. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was uh, whatever this is five inch stage. You know, something about Chicago shows though. Everybody like 
I miss the early, like the late '80s era of when there was still skinheads showing up and like that naked ray gun, true fucking violence era. Yeah, so, you didn't miss too much. Well, I mean, but I wasn't around for it. But so yeah. when I went to shows, like it's still like, oh, you're gonna crowd surf. It's fine. So, like my sister would go, like, yeah, you'll, you'll be fine. I don't think like everybody seems. For the most part, pretty decent and respectful of each other. We're all here to have a good time. And then, like, I'll still go to shows out here. And it's dudes like, man, you are just trying to punch the dad that left. Like, that's yeah, all you're doing. People are still doing that? Just fucking flat brim. I went and saw Mill and Colin, which I thought Mill and Colin's kind of like a fun band. Like, they're not mean. They, they're a ska band about food. Uh, uh, what? <laughs> they're such they also don't even really do ska. They also have like they one of my about food. <laughs> they, they also got excited. Huh? They also have one of my Vegetables. favorite albums of all time. Kingwood is like a top five for me. It's a beautiful album, but they're known for being a band. That, like they have an album called Life on a Plate, and there's a lot of ska. Yeah, and where they, they're from? Uh, Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, but doesn't matter. At the Roxy in L.A., it was dudes. Just trying to take jaws off of strangers. Really, I was like, "What's you know going on?" But so, like, but to go back like a slapstick show, even though there's that many people, you still got to play the show because everybody's like, "Whoa, don't don't fuck that up." We're all gonna be cool here, and if somebody's being too much, they get policed by the crowd. Where here, everybody seems like they're too much all the time. And I remember seeing whatever show at the Metro and Guttermouth played. And I remember Guttermouth. They don't have like, cool fans? Yeah, I know. Can you believe? And like I remember them trying to be like, "We're in your face. We're look at us. We're antagonistic." And everybody's like, "Yeah, we already have Apocalypse, Apocalypse Hoboken and they're awesome. So fucking play your set and get on with it, dudes." Like the whole audience was like, what do you this give a song, shit about you? This song that's actually like a car commercial for a fake uh, used car dealership. Ooh. <laughs> Devastating. They were just like, we're snotty. <laughs> like, nah, we got Todd Pot and he's hilarious. <laughs> but, um, okay, first of all, skinheads are terrifying. But they are. Flat brim bros are 10 times more terrifying. Because skinheads at least are cowards, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, the flat brim bros don't have any... Uh, there's no... Uh, they're just they're like... discerning in their hatred. They're just like, I've got herpes, and I might just punch you. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, and, Sir, this is old country buffet. There's no reason to act this way. He's like, bro him, bitch! <laughs> Boom! <laughs> Soft serve machine's out again. Somebody's dropping. Yeah. But, uh... Um... Okay, so I was at the third floor. It was yeah. one of those shows that was like 750 people, mm. um, and the Mashuganas were opening for us. We were the headliners. I've told you the story. I don't think so. I was just listening to Mashuganas. The Mashuganas. The yeah. Not Mashuga. Yeah, there's a band called Mashuga. No, yeah, no. This, this is the Mashuganas, which I think one of the most hilariously lazy names in punk rock was Craig Anarchy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, we all got to have fake names? All right, I'm uh, Craig Anarchy. Yeah. Hey, I'm uh, Dick Punk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Craig. Well, Craig, what's your cool band last name going to be? Anarchy. I don't give a shit. Yeah. Randy Rage. And they were they were fun, too, because Joe's always like, we would, like, you'd see him tune and be like, I got your money. Fuck this. Let's play. Because <laughs> he'd be out of tune the whole show. You know, uh, it, they, they learned a lot of comedy from watching bands <laughs> no they they were the, they were the best and they were my favorite band and like i had like pushed for them to be on this show uh-huh. also fat drummer always watch for a fat drummer no but this was when this ryan before? this was ryan oh post ryan wine press ryan de young yeah and um and so they're playing and this is like when they're great like doing disappointed and dropout girl stuff yeah they're kind of getting into like that and i've got that like garage that white shirt that's got like the joe mashugana smiley face on it uh it was like anyway who cares but uh i'm wearing the shirt i'm front and center in the pit Mm -hmm. and i'm loving the mashuganas because they're like my favorite band right and keep in mind this is my band show and I'm the lead singer of the band that's playing last okay. right so everybody around me knows exactly who I am and I'm yeah. just like having a great time yeah. and Joe who's a guitar player not the singer but he would say between every song he'd go this next song is about killing yourself to live fucking survive and which is funny <laughs> one time <laughs> But 13 times, it becomes hilarious. <laughs> you know, like, it becomes, like, the best bit of all time. Yeah. But instead, tonight, there's 
750 people in this room meant for 200. So there's like one third of the air that you need to breathe. And yeah. Joe like has to wear like a jean jacket and shit because that's like his <laughs> style. And so. Was it when he had like the Rod Stewart hair? Was oh, like very that, like, Rod Stewart. And it was like thing. the pink jean jacket, like faded, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not like hot pink, like punk pink. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. And, uh, and so he's like trying to catch his breath, but he's got to say his thing between their songs. And he's just like, this next song is about killing yourself to live. And I'm like, fucking survive! Because I'm a huge fan of the Meshuggahs. Yeah. I've watched like all their shows. I like made an effort to get them on this show. Yeah, yeah. I'm wearing a Meshuggahs t-shirt. I'm front and center. And I'm like, fucking survive! And he goes, oh, who's that, Chapstick? Oh, check out Chapstick up here. You know why they call him Chapstick? Sucking too many dicks. That's right. You need some Chapstick for your lips because of all those dicks you suck. And I was like, fuck. <laughs> it's funny, but it's about me. And I was like, but no, that was a moment where I was like, if I'm ever going to be good at this, I have to be faster than that guy. <laughs> And it was like it was like a, it was kind of like the well, my life is different now. When I heard Bad Religion, it was like another yeah. thing. They like changed me because before that, I'd been always like super, just like quiet on stage. And then I was oh, like, yeah, well, yeah, you can, yeah, you got to be fun. Yeah, well, you no, don't have to, but no, but I, it wasn't even like I got to be fun. I was like, I got to be ready for everything, you know. Well, and that okay, that can lead into uh, the real story that happened to me. Last Saturday, when I came back, I was on vacation for two weeks, and I came back because I was opening for a group called the Impractical Jokers. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're on TV. My son loves them. Everyone loves them. There's never been a show that's been on more than that show. It's like... like I love Lucy at this point. I mean, like, it's they're on, on twenty four hours a all day. the time. It's crazy, and that's why they were playing the World Music Theater in Tinley Park, and I was opening for them at the World Fucking Music Theater. Wow, you know, how many people? A small, intimate space for comedy. <laughs> you know how comedy works with uh, you know, it's just like punk rock. Like ah, when we're all in there feeling it together, that's when it works best. How about an amphitheater that holds? I don't know. How many thousands of people? Uh, I would guess. Most amphitheaters hold uh, around 20. No. Tinley Park, there was a 39,000 amphitheater, I'm pretty sure. Whoa. Okay. I don't know if they're at 39,000. But just like, because I know, um, I know that Blink did a tour mm. of all those like band shells, and the two that I went to, mm. my uh, full disclosure, uh, one of my friends is in that Blink 182 band Matthew Skiba Yeah Of Alkaline Trio Yeah and He's uh, your friend Yeah he's my friend Well, I'm not trying to brag about that But I'm just trying I'm to doing g- it. Give a uh, well, I am I, bragging I He's a great a dude I love I, I love. I love being I went to friend. a party with you When you played here And I got into too much of whatever <laughs> And decided like You know who needs to hear A piece of my mind This Matt Skiba fell like in corner in this room At a party <laughs> What'd you say to him <clears throat> I was just like Man Heard you kind of got pissed off at Joe's, like just some squabble at a dumb comedy show that he was doing music on, and then got rightfully annoyed at Dane Cook for going over his time. I was oh, yeah. on, I was on the kind of stuff that makes you talk about your opinions too strong. Ah, okay. And uh, just another line of musicians I need to apologize to. Religion is what that is. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, was, I had a fucking head full of Jesus that night. But uh, <laughs> but uh. But so I just know that like they play the thirty nine thousand seaters and Tinley okay. Park is on their like thing. So I could be wrong, but uh, well, regardless, I mean, that's I saw a lot people of people on the lawn. The the band shell bar was full, skybox, and uh, and it's like dudes that are like, tell her you want to fuck her right now. So like you know, yeah. that the crowd's not like the most uh, fucking. Uh, and, well, in defense of of the impractical jokers, I I appreciate that show because they're not making fun of. They make fun of themselves. Like, the only gag is on themselves. And They're, that's respectable in a day of, like, prank people, hidden camera, world star shit. You're only fucking with each other. And I, I appreciate the purity in that. I think they're very funny. I, like, my yeah. son watches them, and I'm like, this is really well-crafted. It makes me very uncomfortable. But, yeah. But I'm just saying that the people that go see them, I'm just assuming, and maybe I'm wrong, uh, are... Like, have an 11-year-old mentality <laughs> a little I, bit. Well, there were 11-year-olds there. I looked out, and there was children there. And, I, yeah, I was trying to do a joke about how, like, having a sunburn as a 
grown man in a first world country is the dumbest look you can have. And I looked out, I was like, wrong crowd. <laughs> <laughs> These people they're, came back from the lake just for this show. They're like, we all have sunburns. <laughs> Which I'm, I'm talking about, but I walked out and my first joke, like there's two people before me and I hadn't been on stage in two weeks. So some of this is my fault. I got to do a, run a couple sets the night before I got in t- town. I've been in Hawaii for like two weeks, just my tie drunk, getting my own sunburn. Yeah. So I could speak from experience, but they were like, no, I feel like a badge of honor every summer, man. Been at the lake, you know. So I walk out to all these people, and my first joke is like, hey, I'm actually getting ready for a pretty big show, so thanks for letting me drop by to work. <laughs> <and stuff." laughs> nothing. Nothing. Like, nothing out of 30 people is one thing. But this is a big show. Nothing, uh, out, nothing out of like tens and of thousands of people. And that's a great bit. I, would, I thought so. A little sarcasm. Falls flat. So I go in to trying to ingratiate myself, and I say, "This is great. I'm actually from Chicago. I haven't uh, I haven't been to here to this place, World Music Theater, since I saw I sat I fell asleep in that chair during Lollapalooza 1994. I was being specific. I remember we got bumped up for Smashing yeah. Pumpkins. I was going to tell the story, but right. I, I fell asleep in that chair at Lollapalooza 94, front row, top tier." ticket payer in the front row just goes fuck you that was a great show not trying to be fun in just defending a concert from 25 years ago defending smashing pumpkins too you that was yeah she didn't i didn't even get to the smashing pumpkins but beastie boys were amazing smashing pumpkins was boring as shit that's what i fell asleep to but I was like, all right, and I didn't have it because I realized, like, I I hadn't been on stage. You're talking about being ready for anything. That skill set can get rusty real quick. Oh, yeah, it can. I've been touring everything, and I can handle somebody talking. I already hate people talking to me anyway, but then I got to address something that nobody else heard. Yeah. Yeah, 500 yards away. In the lawn. But I just just got told, fuck you. (laughs) And I'm like, and then I'm in Tinley Park, which is the fucking Florida of Chicago. <laughs> oh, it was a rough, rough go. This just happened to me at the Riv when we played with Bad Religion. It's the first last time. Friday, the Friday night that I got in town, and I was like, I should have just come to see that show because I did two practice sets in Rosemont, and I should have come and hung out with you. Yeah, so do shit for me. This this dude is in the crowd after like our second song, and he's like, "Beaks, you're getting pretty tubby." I go, I'll give anyone a free T-shirt that goes and punches that guy in the face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good comeback. <laughs> and, he, and then he goes, I'm just kidding, I love you. I'm like, I don't love you at all. Get the fuck out of here. Bye. <laughs> but but like it's like that shit could like take you down. And it's like it doesn't matter that like these are the same pants I've been wearing for fucking seven years. Yeah. Like it's still like, oh, do I look like shit up here? Uh, fuck. Oh, am I not funny? Like it gets in your head so fast. That, well, like, I mean, and that's something we can both attest to, Dave and I here. Like, just doing comedy, it's like, I don't, anytime a video comes up of, like, comedian destroys heckler, I hate, because now I've seen people that are just happy to be the heckler mm-hmm. in that video. Right. People don't care about honorable attention. They just want attention. And like, uh, look, I helped the show because you had to take time out of what you were working on to stop me from being an asshole. That, that is, means everybody laughed at your skill set. For like, I don't want to develop that skill. I don't want to have to develop that skill. There's old school dudes that think like, but if you're a comedian, you got to deal with shit. You know how I deal with it? Kick them out. Fucking good. You wanted to talk to me? I don't want to talk to you. And you're going to lose money. So leave. Right. It's not fun for everybody, but it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be the best part of a show is how the guy we paid to see shit on a stranger that had too many drinks. No, totally. So that's why I'd like to offer you this... Um, <laughs> Uh, punch that guy in the face and I'll give you a free t-shirt uh, bit because it- I like saying that without having a t-shirt still. Like, I'll, buy, I'll go buy a t-shirt for you anyone you want I'll, I'll get you. I actually don't have t-shirts punch that guy in the face I'll buy you a t-shirt from anywhere you want go on Pinterest right now you just pick something out we'll get it for you I'll Amazon something to you. I'll Amazon Prime something to you. Yeah, but that, I mean that that is hard, and it's like it's hard enough when I can drown them out with a fucking guitar. But like with comedy, I mean, this is why yeah. I'm like so afraid of comedy. I just did another comedy bit the other day. Did uh, you do uh, you doing you doing spots? I did. I'm trying to fucking. This excites me so much that somebody from music would go. You doing stand up? 
A little bit. Yeah. A little tiny bit. I mean, like, I, I fuck with it all the time, like, mm-hmm. in my set. Mm-hmm. You know, but, uh... Nothing, I, I, can I, I appreciate that you're actually funny? Because nothing hurts more than when you see a musician make bad jokes. Oh. And everybody's like, ha, 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 And they get oh, big God. laughs. Like, oh, I used to think that, that between song banter was hilarious till I started doing comedy. I was like, those motherfuckers. <laughs> those are some shit jokes that they were getting huge laughs on. I always want to do a joke about how when I see, like, in the middle of a song when musicians are talking to each other, like, they can't hear each other. Yeah, like no. It's just part of the show. Like we're like, can't hear a thing you're saying. Me neither. Don't worry. We got to sing again, and they go back to their mics. Well, I mean, like a lot of that shit. Uh, it, I mean, I don't want to pull the curtain back, and especially oh, not to destroy. Come your, on, man. Pull destroy your joke, but like for us, and it's like whether it's the Falcon or the Lawrence Arms or whatever. It's like so many times. It's like there's like a sort of like an in joke on a part. Yeah, where it's like, oh, we did it that time. Oh, yeah, we we right. did we nailed that one, you know. Yeah. And then it's like, so you know what's coming, or it's like that wasn't that good, <laughs> you know. Like like I don't think that's going on the album, you know. Like, like that well, kind of Falcon thing. had fun bits. Yeah. Oh, oh, dude, the first day of the Falcon tour, we had never played with this lineup ever. The one that I joined you guys. On? No, no, this was okay. in Boston. It was the the thing before, and Dave is wearing this like. Uh, can I play with madness Iron Maiden jacket mm-hmm. and Dan is like dude what's up with your fucking jacket and Dave's like what the fuck it's a cool jacket and Dan's like okay and Dave's like I just don't believe that you know uh, you know we're out here and you know you're wearing that jacket and Dave's like, I don't believe you're fucking with me for wearing a cool jacket. And Dan's like, I'd never fuck with you for wearing a cool jacket. You just need to get one. <laughs> it was just like such an icy burn. It's like, it's not like funny. They weren't friends yet? Oh, no. They're like deep homies. They're both cracking up. Oh, the whole okay, time. okay, okay. But, but it was like, whoo. No, you can wear a cool jacket anytime. Just that's not one. That's. Because that's where, like, I, again, I was saying, but when we were refilling drinks, like, I'm like, I gotta apologize to everybody in the band for throwing up in the van when I was on tour with you guys. And then you puked I, in the van. I puked in the van, uh, not even from being drunk. Everybody what? got like stomach poisoning. Uh, I was still not sick, by the way. Do you remember you the meal? Sick, but, well, but you're also the only one really drinking and partying, and you fended it off. Oh, see, Kyle, how quickly you forget. So. <laughs> Kyle threw up on me. Well, I threw up. I tried, on to, you. I tried to throw up into my hands, mm-hmm. but, but that only just the hands. You just t- tilt it to yeah. wherever. It was like I tried to throw up through the basketball net, but actually <laughs> somehow <laughs> it went right through. And so it was kind of on me and kind of on the floor. And then everybody got out. Like we just like pulled over the side of the highway, and I was like. Yo, I'm a dad. I clean up barf all the time. I will clean this up. It was up. like the bus when Ralph gets sick in The Simpsons. But everybody but everybody else was sick. And uh-huh. I was like, I got this. Yeah. And so the next day in Chicago, I was so oh, sick. That's right. I was like shivering on the couch and I couldn't yeah, even watch you your last it. Yeah, set. Yeah, caught it. <laughs> I was like, oh. And then at the end of the night, my wife's like, so where are we going to go? I'm like, where are we? The hospital? <laughs> I don't fucking know. And I she, remember some guy talking to me during the set. I'm like, please, I'm dying right now. I just need to get through this. <laughs> and so and so I'm like, babe, I know I haven't seen you in a long time, but I got to go home. She's like, okay, I'm going to go out with your band. And I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, you shouldn't sleep in the same bed with me anyway. I mean, it like made logical sense, but yeah. it was a real... Uh, but everybody else got Dave and Dan got they all got it in the hotel where they had like all thrown up and everything. And this was right after I had gotten a gout, my last gout flare up that I ever had that was so bad like I couldn't walk. And I just had you got I had them take me to the hospital yeah. in Canada right after. Oh they yeah, just drop me off and then pick me up in the morning because I know we got to drive. So I laid in the hospital. No, listen but, to some guy you, who got his. You face showed up in, in our room though. Oh, yeah, I got back. I wound up getting a cab back because, like, I got taken care of. But, yeah, I, lay, I laid in a fucking hospital in uh, Hamilton or wherever, listening to some hockey dude who got his face busted, having the most Canadian, like, <laughs> what the fuck? I'm in there with two fucking guys. And fucking Larry says he's going to come help me. No, I'm out there. And there's ten fucking guys, and it's only me. Where the fuck is Larry going? Can I please go get a smoke? And he's like, the nurses are like, 
please let me go smoke. And he's just got blood, <laughs> but still his hockey toque on, and his two friends, like, you can't get up. He's like, can I please go have a fucking smoke now? <laughs> I'm like, this is like, like you make fun of Canadians, yeah. and then you meet one, you're like, no, you're that. Yeah. It was like oh. seeing the most redneck MAGA hat wearing yeehaw in America. Like, I got that guy. I'm like, and there's fucking ten fucking guys I'm fucking fighting out there. I got kicked in the fucking face, and then Larry's nowhere saying he's going to come fucking help. Smashed a bottle of maple syrup over yeah, my head. Yeah, come, and he's fucking, they're out there all fucking kicking my fucking ass, and Larry's inside. What the fuck? Can I please go get a fucking smoke? <laughs> and I was like, I had my hat pulled over my head, but I didn't want to sleep because I wanted to keep listening to the story. But like, I couldn't even sit in a chair because of how bad the guy was. They put me in a gurney in the air. But he comes back to the room, and Kyle and I were sharing a room, and I'm just like, dude, are you okay? And he's like, listen to what just happened to me. And I hear this whole fucking bit. Right away. It was a good night. I was having fun. It was fucking amazing. But then I felt good, and then we got to Michigan, and then I got drunk, and I fucking went off on everybody in the van, being an asshole, because I thought I was being funny, but I was just drunk. You know how you start comedy, right, Dave? Yeah. You know when you're like, I'm pretty funny. It's like, no, you've just been the loudest one at every party. Mm-hmm. If I can for five years. If I can like uh recalibrate the this story, I don't think anybody in the van and I've told you this time and time again, nobody is it to the public. Nobody in that van thought that you were like being an asshole. I mean, because if it you know, I've always said like, if a joke is funny, it's not racist, because there's nothing funny about racism. So if you have a joke... <laughs> what a safe harbor you've, you've made for yourself. No, that has like a... That's ra- brilliant. <laughs> no, no, it's really... Don't tell the guy from Georgia that's okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? That, like, a joke that, that has a race component mm-hmm. in it. It's like, Bill Burr is a great example. He tells mm-hmm. a lot of, like, racially charged jokes. But the reason they're funny is because they're not racist. I don't know what you guys think about Bill Burr. I'm just a Love fucking. Bill. You can talk about race. Lame. Doesn't make it racist just because you want to talk about it. Right. But like, because there's nothing funny about racism. If your joke is like, eh, I'm not even going there. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got but, something I'll tell you later. <laughs> well, that's like uh, the uh, I did the Bob and Tom show, which is like kind of yeehaw, not yeehaw, but like I don't want to say like, but like very uh average american syndicated radio show but then i was on there like the producer in between he's like yeah we had one guy call in and like, i'm sure you know heard the joke though but we get all these kind of guys calling in. he's like i got a joke from mattel hey man what you, what'd you call a black guy flying an airplane he's like oh god what he's like pilot fucking racist and he's like that's a great joke thank you for that like Thank God. Like, you always think it's going to go one way. He's like, you fucking racist? They're like, yeah. thank you so much for calling yeah. me that uh, one. But anyway, to ruin your momentum on that, speaking, speaking, I was screaming at everybody in the van. Nah, but the thing is that you were you were being funny, and so it was it was cool. Like, I, I, I definitely didn't get the impression that anyone was offended, and I... You know, like I would have gotten like, "Hey, your friend Kyle's a real asshole." If you had been offensive, well, I think I called Dan Andriano a millionaire fake vampire, which is so funny. And I've called him the same thing. Okay, now who's he again? He's, He's from- the bass player from Alkaline Trio. Okay, and a, a wonderful solo artist in his own right. Yeah, uh, and just uh, he's the bass player of the these Falcon. Are all, these are all musicians, like successful musicians that came from the DIY bug to be musicians in life. For life, and I was just yeah. But calling Dan going a fucking off, millionaire fake vampire is funny as hell. I mean, like <laughs> we were all crying, uh, you know. I just because then after that I barfed on everybody's mm. stuff. Man, I you see, I hate this fucking. I'll, I hate this false memory that you barfed on everybody's stuff because you really barfed in your hands and onto me. Because you were sitting next to me, but I barfed in the van. So that I assume I am that is everybody's stuff. Like, I'm everybody's stuff in a way. But that's like throwing up in somebody's living room. Like, that's the carpet you got to smell for the next four days. That's all, you know. Oh, that, no. I, I fucking I cleaned that shit. I used wet wipes. It was not, great. I, I remember I got paper towels, but I had a beard. So you can't just get stuff with dry paper towels. You can't get barf out of a beard, no. which was in there because I threw up in my hands and it just shot back. Yeah. In 
into my face and made a paper mache out of my whole head. And he, he, I tried, so I, I tried to grab. He looked like, like the he looked like the guy in Saw at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I was like Jigsaw at the end. His rosy cheeks coming up with plans. Oh god, paper mache. He was like, in order to get out of this barf, it was, yeah, you have to was, cut off I, your penis. Yeah, I barfed. I wasn't even drinking the night that I barfed. <laughs> Kyle, stop coming up with this for yourself. Like, no, it's what I deserve. I've done something wrong you don't in my trace past. trace the food poisoning back to a specific meal? I don't remember, but the other dudes, Neil, I think Neil and Dan said they got it in the room. Like, they threw up or the shit's in the room. And I remember, not, I didn't drink, but I remember being in the van being like, oh, I don't feel that great. Good thing it's not alcohol, and I don't barf if I haven't been drinking, so it won't be, off, and that was it. Like, Wow. Yeah, no, it was it was a, uh, and I couldn't even, I was I was slapping you, because I'm like, I'm doing, this is <laughs> happening. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm sitting as far from the driver as anyone. But I couldn't, but I couldn't talk. I was, yeah. It was so much. It wasn't like a drunk vomit. Like, there's one. No, no. It was, it was definitely an illness vomit. I can, uh. like, definitely vouch for that. But because uh, that's what Neil had been doing. That's what Dan had been doing. Dave, Dave is actually the only one that went unscathed. And then yeah. when I got it, somehow, motherfuckers, I got it the worst because I couldn't even move. I was, like, shaking in a fetal yeah. position backstage. I missed your last set. I know I just it said this already. Okay. But at least you got it at home. The Boogie Monster. Network.